Hello, and welcome to the ECA podcast. Today, we spoke to two women in the electrotechnical industry about their career path, the challenges they have faced, and the opportunities that are out there for women at any stage of their career who are thinking about joining the industry. Today's guests are Kathy Cockin, founder and director of Little Miss Electrical, and Hannah Evans, managing director of AS North Limited. As always, you can find out more about today's guests and past episodes of the podcast at ecatoday.co.uk. Welcome to the ECA podcast. We discuss the biggest issues in the electrotechnical sector with the industry's leading voices. We encourage you to join the conversation. Send your comments and ideas to podcast at eca.co.uk and help us bring excellence in electrotechnical and engineering services to you. Enjoy the show. Kathy, tell us what made you want to become an electrician in the first place? Um, so I originally I was one I trained well I was training to be a solicitor and um, the first house that we bought was a bit of a project. Um, my boyfriend's a plasterer and he basically showed me the ropes with um, renovating the house, like what trades came in at what point and, and how how it all went. Um, when we bought our second house, that was another bit of a do upper. Um, and our electrician he was just really busy, he couldn't fit us in. Um, so I looked at how I could train to be able to rewire that house. Um, initially, that was all I wanted to do. It was just so that I could basically get that house um, up and running and play a bit more of a key part in doing it than just like organising the trades and doing a bit of labouring. But yeah, no, I looked up a course that I could do. Um, and after my first week on that, I'd managed to get some um, work labouring on an electrician. Um, and so I left my job and went into that full time. So you were already kind of part way along in your training to be a solicitor and you decided to make make the switch. What was it about electrical work that appealed to you more than the the path that you were already on? Um, I don't know if it was like, I used to think, oh, it's because it was quite hands on and I wanted to do stuff with my hands rather than be stuck at a desk all day. Um, But I think a lot of it was more about um, being a bit more in charge of my own progression. So to be a solicitor, you've got to do a degree and then you do another year after your degree called an LPC or you can do it as a master's. Um, and then after that, you have to get a two year training contract to then be a qualified solicitor. Um, and it's just so like massively over, over oversubscribed with law graduates who want to be solicitors. And there's just so many people sort of in the same boat as legal assistants trying to progress us into trainees. And how about you, Hannah? So you're managing director of your company and third generation, I believe. Yeah. Business. Yeah. So um, our business started off in 1955 by my grandfather, um, and then my dad took over. Um, when my dad became ECA president in 2000 and three no a bit longer than that maybe um i then came back into it so when i was 16 um 20 odd years ago plus um i started off doing an apprenticeship at canterbury college uh full time um but i only lasted on there for about six months because i had a bit of harassment from one of the other um one of the other uh, students that were there so i left um and my dad gave me an apprenticeship so i then used to do the one day at one day a week um and i was one of the first jtl female apprentices they ever took on so um i then stayed on that for another about 18 months but then in about 97 the um we used to have a shop so i went to do the college work college course really to get a background knowledge for the shop so i knew a bit more and understanding about the shop 
Um, but 1997, that closed down um, and I went off and worked for the bank and various other things and wholesalers. Um, and then when my dad became the national president for the UCA, um, I came back into the business full time. Um, although I was already doing payroll things for him, probably most Saturdays I used to work for him anyway, being a family business. Um, and uh, he moved, started working back from home. And then when he died in 2013 from asbestosis, um, I took over the, the full running of the business and, and have done ever since. So uh, that's how I got here today. So um, you were an apprentice. You said you had a bit of uh, trouble, you know, with one of the lads on your course. What, what was it really like? What, uh, tell us about your first day uh, as an electrical apprentice. Was it, you know, super intimidating or, or not? How, how was it on your first day? So it was about 1993 when I did my apprenticeship. Um, but I mean, I suppose because I'd already gone out with the lads and because I've been involved with the boys and I still call them my boys now, bless them, and some of them are 30, um, from such a young age, going out even with dad and things like that, that I knew what a socket was. I knew how to change a plug before I even took my GCSEs. Um, so I knew a little bit more, which I think was a bit of a shock to some people because they, because I'm only very short as well. So I'm only five foot three. Um, so I was quite small as well. So they kind of think that I knew nothing. Um, but going into college, it was good. But as I say, unfortunately, I had one person that decided they were going to kind of constantly pick on me and um, gave me a bit of harassment. But um, when I went to the full time course, because the guys that were on the full time course were that much older, they were so much more mature. So, Kathy, how about you? How is it for someone uh, changing career rather than uh, an apprentice coming straight from school? Um, so I did the domestic installer course, which is it's just a five week course. You can do it in a block five weeks or you can do it in a separate five weeks. Um, people, in fact, somebody in particular said to me that they wouldn't um, be that interested in teaching the girl on the course, that I would probably get ignored. If I couldn't use the tools, then I'd get left behind, stuff like that. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a, a kitchen fitter who um, my boyfriend did a lot of work for, so that to me. And it was funny really because it was him that made me go and find out how I could do that. We were talking to him and he said he did all the electrics in his own kitchens because um, he'd gone to night school and learned. So I was like, oh, if he can go to night school and learn how to do it. Maybe I can go to night school and learn how to do it. Um, and so I went and found the course. And then when um, we were, because I, I worked with my boyfriend on weekends quite a lot. Um, before I retrained when we were there again I told him I'd found a course then it was all like oh you know you, you if you can't use your tools you'll get left behind on the course like the tutors won't really want to help you because you're a girl like they'll just think that, you, that you're useless and stuff like that but I didn't really take much notice and when I got onto the course um the guys were all like me like like they were mature students they weren't um they weren't young because they were all paying for it themselves and they were all taking time out of work themselves to do the course um, I think there was only seven, seven or eight on the course, and I was the only girl or the only lady. Um, I went on to do my level two and three as an evening course with the local college, um, and there was another girl on that course who left after the first year. She didn't. She decided not to stick out. So um, I would say I've been lucky in that because we do a lot of domestic work, we get a lot of um, positivity from customers. We get a lot of people who are really encouraging like they really want to like they, they they root for you they want to know you know how you got into it what you know what like what challenges you faced why you got into it you know people have been really supportive but I, I do know there is a side to it where 
um, you know, like people do struggle more. We've had girls that have come work with us and they've been um, quite similar to Hannah. They've been bullied by either guys on site or guys at college um, and they found it really tough. So I think I've just been really lucky in my experiences. You're, you've done your training. You're beginning to uh, get work as an electrician. Did you, uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Hannah. Did you kind of quickly find a supportive community in the industry or did you have to kind of fight a bit at first to make a name for yourself and build up that portfolio? Um, I suppose I'm quite fortunate because um, as a business, a lot of the work that we do um, has been for Domino Pizza. So we work all over the country. So from down in Cornwall, St Ives, all the way up to Liverpool, Newcastle. Um, I don't go as far as Scotland. Um, but other than that, wherever there's a Domino's, we go. Um, and we look after over about seven, 800 stores um, for various different franchisees. But because I was already an established business, so I was already there behind the scenes with my dad anyway, um, and I was also branch secretary, or I still am the branch secretary for Maidstone in East Kent, um, and have been for nearly 20 years now. So when dad did die, I had an amazing support network from all the guys at ECA in my branch. And if I didn't know the answer, because my dad had done it, he knows that he's technical, he's been doing it for 50 odd years. I know some things, I can do some things. I'm relatively good at fault finding, bizarrely, um, and things like that. But I don't know a lot of things. But with the ECA, the technical department and everything, if I didn't know the answer, I knew somebody that did. So there was a couple of big quotations that I had tenders I had to do that I didn't have a clue what I was doing because my dad always did them. So I'd phone somebody up and actually a couple of times they came out and looked at the jobs with me. They never poached any work or anything like that. But the support that, as I say, from the ECA, I never had any problems. And because I was known anyway and my dad and what I've done has been known locally and with dominoes, for them it was just a natural progression from, OK, dad's not alive anymore, so let's give Hannah a shout. And, and that's the way it's been, really. So I'm very fortunate with the way the business is now run. Kathy, how, how about you? So were you kind of freelance after your training or did you go into uh, a contractor's or how, how did it work? First thing I did when I enrolled um, onto a course was start trying to find work. And um, because when I first wanted to retrain, or when, well, first wanted to get some electrical skills, I was working for a um, solicitor's full time. I was trying to get weekend work and I did ring around like different contractors who were looking for recruitment and stuff. Um, but none of them were, were um, like they didn't seem very interested. I rang agencies and said, look, I'm trying to get this. And they kind of um, like didn't really, they gave, I got the impression that they didn't, like weren't very interested. They were a bit like, oh, have you got this qualification? Have you got this? Have you got that? So it was, it was like, if you didn't have experience, they didn't really want to help you get any. So many people struggle to get experience, whether you're male or female, if you've not got any. But then also being female, I think that adds to the fact that people, like not everyone, but a lot of um, electricians that are, are generally people that are in maybe male-dominated industries, um, they do sort of shy away from taking on female trainees. I think because some of the reasons I've, I've heard about, maybe if they're working away, they've got to book separate rooms for the girls. Maybe they don't have great toilet facilities on site, which doesn't isn't great for women. You know, things like that. Sometimes maybe the banter on sites, maybe they probably think it's a bit much for women. Um, I was working on building sites with uh, my boyfriend on weekends, but then when I first left, I was going working away with him. 
um, up in Scotland. And so, you know, that stuff didn't bother me out, you know, but I think people expect you to be really like, oh, no, I need, you know, a, a nice prim portly where I need, you know, my own double bedroom or whatever, you know. Um, but when, what I ended up doing once I'd, once I'd worked with Steve for a bit and set up on my own, I went to a networking meeting to try and like drum up my, some of my own business. And their response to me being a female electrician was just amazing. Like the support they all gave me. There was a branding company there who helped me create the brand, what Miss Electrical. Um, like four of the people within the meeting all booked me in straight away for work doing. Like networking really helped me to begin with. And it did, it made me realize that what we've actually got is something that's, that is a USP rather than feeling like, you know, I'm the only, um, like I'm something different to, you know, most electricians being a female. That really shows the importance of networking, doesn't it? Especially mm. early on in your career. And you, you founded your company, Little Miss Electrical. And I, I don't know if that's still the case now, but you only employed uh, female electricians, women electricians. It seems to me, you know, that, that you've carved out this space for a kind of community of women in the industry to kind of support each other. Um, was yeah. that your intention from the beginning or did it kind of just happen? <laughs> no, no, I was a little Miss Electrical. So like that was just me. I, there, there wasn't, I didn't have a company and think, right, I'm only going to employ women and this is what I'm going to do. It was just like, I needed a business name. What's, what name could I use? Um, originally it was just my initials, which had no sort of reflection of the fact that I was a female electrician. Um, it was just CMF Electrical and everyone said, no, no, they need to know you're a female electrician. Like when people see your branding or see your advertisement or your logo or your Facebook page, they need to know that, that that's a female electrician because that is what's your USP. Um, so Little Miss Electrical described me. It wasn't, um, it was, it was just a name that I felt suited me. It was something that I liked, I had a bit of fun with it and that's why we went with that. Um, I did my first um sort of labor or electricians mate was it was male um i had a few lads helping because I, I didn't know of any female electrician mates or laborers um and it was only when i contacted the college about taking an apprentice when i found Brittany, my first apprentice um who was female and it just happened that she'd done a year of plumbing and she wasn't really getting much plumbing experience um working where she was um and she decided to, to go into electrical instead I get loads and loads of stick for this because I don't just employ female electricians in that I advertise for female electricians. I just get bombarded by female electricians saying, like, can you help me? Can I come work with you? Like, how can we get involved? Um, and I just try and make space for the ones that I feel are going to be right for our business. When you meet new people, uh, how do people react when you say you're an electrician? I don't say a huge amount, actually. I, I, don't, I don't think it's not what it used to be 25 years ago. There are a lot more females about when we used to work for insurance companies and quite a lot of the older people always used to ask for me because they used to, they felt more comfortable with a female. So I used to go out and do the odd light bulb change or changing the sockets and things for quite a few of the, the older people. don't think anybody necessarily thinks much more about it nowadays, I don't think. How about you, Cathy? Now, like I said, we're more well-known and people are approaching us, Little Miss Electrical, like that, that's kind of what they expect. But we do a lot of estate agent work and I've rang um, tenants before to book in and they're like, um, oh, OK, what time is he coming? And I'm like, oh, no, no, it's me who's coming. I'm like, oh, are you the electrician? They just presume that I'm like one of the women who work in the office at the estate agents. Um, I get that quite a lot. Basically, yeah, people just presume that it's not you, that you're just sort of ringing on behalf of an electrician. Or, well, I get sometimes um, 
like people who are going to kick off or make a bit of a fuss, they're usually presume you're not the electrician and try and like I had a few weeks ago um a landlord being a bit awkward and we'd done the job through the council so we'd not actually dealt with him we didn't know it was um a private rented property and I spoke to him and his plumber and they just presumed that we had like we, that we were just like a reception um and so they tried to maybe like I wouldn't say overwhelming with technical information but they tried to tell me stuff that I knew technically wasn't correct um and I think you get that more often now like they presume that that I'm just a receptionist and I don't know something they'll give me like you know a bit of blab or a bit of technical wording or maybe wholesales as well I've had that before or I I have gone and asked for something I once asked for a reducing bush which is basically like it's a bit like a lock nut that you can screw into something to make it small so if you've got a hole in a box or a consumer unit and the thing that you're trying to put in that hole is too small you get a reducing bush which makes it fit and um, that's what I wanted. And he was like, oh, no, no, electricians don't use them. Every electrician that comes in asks for this. And I was like, oh, well, I am the electrician and this is what I want. <laughs> so it's just stuff like that, really, where they just think you can't possibly be the electrician. Mm. So you mustn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but once you've been in once or twice, actually, you have a bit of banter back with them. Most people tend to be OK about it afterwards, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why I feel so close to the um, hotels that we do use, because... Mm they've had like the right attitude from the start with us and we found them really helpful and um like they've gone out of their way to help us with with stuff rather than being really like condescending and presuming that we're just going in for our husbands or whatever (laughs) (laughs) she must be here for her husband (laughs) do you want to make creating risk assessments easier and more effective ERAMS is ECA's online risk assessment and method statement tool that allows any type of contractor to create, amend, store and print general activity-based risk assessments and method statements. ERAMS is free to ECA members and very competitively priced to other businesses. Find out more at eca.co.uk forward slash ERAMS. That's eca.co.uk forward slash ERAMS. So say, you know, there's uh, 16, 17 year old uh, girls out there thinking about getting into electrical work, but who are put off for whatever reason. Uh, what, what would you say to them? Um, I would say definitely go for it. Um, you know, if you if you have a go and you get, you know, you start on an apprenticeship and it's not for you, you know, it doesn't matter, you don't lose anything, it doesn't cost you anything to enrol. Um, I wouldn't be worried about it. I find a lot more now, guys, like they want to, especially at college, like they want to help and, and like come and look after the girls on the course and stuff like that. So I think, you know, definitely give it a try and don't let, don't let that put you off. I think it certainly beats um, going and working in a bank and counting from one to a thousand, <laughs> a thousand times a day, because I did that. Um, and to be able to go out and use your hands. And do you know what? Whether you're male, female, whatever, but actually almost as an electrician, you get to do everything. I learned how to bricklay. I built my own fireplaces. I know how to lay carpets. I know how to pull floorboards up. Um, as long as you're not frightened of anything, as long as you're not frightened to work, go for it. Because it is. A, I find it very, very re- rewarding. I love going out there, and I don't do it very often nowadays because I pay other people to do it for me. Um, but when I go out and I see or I do something, and I come back out, I thought, do you know what? I've done that. That's a really good job. That is. And I, I, there is a lot of satisfaction in doing electrical. It's not like gas. I guess it's similar, but you can't see it. You can't see electricity either, but you kind of see the the end results a lot better being an electrician. But, yeah, there aren't enough girls doing it, 
but I think it's a game they're probably a little bit too frightened, but it's not as hard work as you think it is. You don't have to bend conduit that often. <laughs> so I've, I've pulled up some stats just to kind of look at the, the mix in UK industry, and there's a report by Engineering UK uh, that says just 12% of those working in engineering in the UK are female, but if you look at children in school, girls and boys, uh, 60% of girls in the 11 to 14 age range think they could become an engineer if they wanted to. Uh, but then as you get older or go through the school system, that number just plummets. Why do so many girls at school lose interest in the, those kind of uh, science subjects that could lead them to a, a career in electrical work? I don't know really because I know quite a few females that are engineers. So... It's just one. Maybe they don't realise that it, that women, can, that girls can do it as well, and that is probably partly down to the, partly down to the colleges, partly down to the schools and things like that. Not actually promoting it. So many people are still, it's an office work role and things like that. It is, but there's loads of female mechanics. I mean, mechanics again, female mechanics. There's the numbers are going up in that as well. I've definitely seen that happen. Like we do quite a lot of career talks at schools, and we we do talks with kids right from primary school. Um, we do a lot more with with children who are um like in their teens, ready to start college, and looking at courses what they're going to do. Um, and I've found we do stuff like you go into school and you'll be dressed in your normal clothes, and they've got to guess what you do by asking you twenty questions. The five and six year olds get it within five ten questions. We go into um to schools to speak to high school students and trying to encourage them into being electricians and you get like one or two girls that might raise their hand and say it's something they've thought about so I've definitely seen how it does tailor off and I think it's just because partly because we're not pushed towards apprenticeships enough um, where I, I felt that I was pushed more towards going to university and doing my A-levels than I was towards an apprenticeship but I think it, a lot of it is about what, what people think of them. Like girls at that age are so worried about what people think of them and what, you know, the, uh, as a teenager, it's such a big thing. And I think especially now more than ever because of how, you know, how much time we spend on social media. Um, there's just, yeah, it's just all about, oh, God, what will people think if I do that? Well, I've got a 13 year old daughter and the social social media and things like that is such a massive thing. It's all about looking good, doing this, doing that. And I'm like, really? No, get out there, get dirty, go and eat a worm or learn how to wire a plug. <laughs> Why do you need to do makeup? Goodness me, I never wear makeup. So <laughs> Say you could imagine an ideal world uh, for a girl uh, coming out of school or a woman looking looking to change her career going into electrical engineering what would you want to see from an employer that you maybe wouldn't see at the moment um i think it would be good if we could make more um like have more encouragement for, for girls coming in like for us obviously because we're all female people see us and like we get a lot of messages from like girls dads saying oh my daughter's interested in retraining can you can she do some apprenticeship with uh, some work experience with you things like that um but i think a lot of employers are more um like nervous about taking female trainees or females on work experience. I think maybe just a bit more confidence in, in women generally. <laughs> That'd be nice. What, what would you say, Hannah, that the best way to get more women in, into the business? It's, it's everything. It's, it's a whole construction, isn't it, whether it's electrical or not. It's just letting people know that there are those avenues. There are those female electricians out there. Um, I know quite a few locally um, 
they do take on females, nobody's got any problem. Again, it's down to the schools and the colleges, and I suppose it's educating them, but like if Kathy's going into the schools, that's fantastic, because that's half the way, that's the only way some people are ever even going to consider it or think about it, um, because it's not something that ever jumps to the mind of a female and it's not going to be one of those normal things that will be for every female either um, but there certainly are quite a lot of them out there that are more than capable of doing it but it's just making it aware to people that they can do it but it's just I think nowadays it's a lot better with social media and things like that again it's an easier way to get across to the youngsters that you can become a female electrician but it is it still is and always will be a very very male dominated um, industry so social media kind of a double-edged sword really you know you've got the kind of positive aspect where you've got loads of role models out there who you never might have seen otherwise Kathy your own business you're kind of very prominent on social media which is great to see then you've got the other side of it where it almost entrenches the the gender stereotypes you know like we try and promote like the facts that we've got of the girls working on social media look like we we had a few um couple of different photo um photographers come out and do some professional photography of the girls so that our social media and website do look more professional um so then we'll put we, we have like a, a, a scheduled post where it'll share different pictures of different team members showing the girls actually working in their uniform doing actual electrical tasks so people can see like she's doing it and there's nothing to it it's not a you know it's not a mystery or a myth and she's not pretending um and even then we get like some really negative comments one of my posts of one of the girls stood next to her van um with some trunk in her hand saying looking at our, it just says look at our team of girls grafting and then it's got one of them's names and it's and it ended up on linkedin with like over 800 comments and it ended up with about 1.3 million views and it was literally like a mixture of people saying get back in the kitchen or go on sam good on you and it was <laughs> it was crazy how mad it went then somebody screenshotted that put it on a group on facebook and it was the group was actually called electrical f star 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 ups so um then they actually posted that in the groups it was like as if to say we are or she is an electrical f up but i was just like again it was surprising how many people were like again what you're doing you can't do an armored cable you can't bend conduit you can't do this you can't do that and then another lot of people saying shut up leave her alone go on go on go for it go for you you know so i think it's hard because we do try use social media to encourage women and to show that we can do it but you will still get like absolutely hordes of horrible people and that's (laughs) and that's never that's never going to change it's a bit um, it's a bit like um is it Billy Elliot, isn't it? Having a da- having a male dancer. Yeah. Again, it's like, well, you can't be a dancer because you're male. You can't be an electrician because you're female. It's You'll always have somebody somewhere all the time. There will always be that certain amount of people that will always find something rather certainly to disrespect. Uh, yeah, 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 to disrespect the, the female that's doing anything. I mean, talking about training in general, uh, what is actually out there? You know, what are the options for... Uh, one, girls leaving school, and two, women who want to change their career kind of part way through. What are the options? Um, the ones that I know of, so obviously there's their apprenticeship scheme. So going straight from school, you need to go on to an electrical um, apprenticeship with the college and get a full-time placement as, a, as an apprentice electrician. Um, in terms of um, for an adult retraining, so there's loads of different stuff you can do nowadays. The one I did was only a five-week domestic installer course. Um, it does get a lot of sort of um flack i'd say in industry 
but it depends I think on who you are going into that like I was quite lucky in that I'd renovated a couple of houses as I did it so it wasn't like I had no idea and I think for somebody who's not been able to be as lucky and get an experience and didn't have tradespeople around them um that might not be as, as good as doing like they do a level two and three in a full-time course where you can do two weeks on two weeks off um we've got girls that have done all sorts of different things um but I think the key thing is getting something where you can fit some experience around it if you're wanting to retrain um I think it is hard because there isn't really anything for say like um I get a lot of adult women in their 20s and 30s wanting to retrain and it's the they need they've got bills to pay so they can't just leave and work for free and do free work experience but they're not that useful to you until they know how to do things so paying them even um national minimum wage, minimum wage sometimes can be hard as a business um but how else do they get experience so i think that's a bit of a hurdle to overcome um maybe if they do a bit of weekend experience that that's probably the best way in but it's definitely finding something that you can build experience around um and, it, and everybody's different everyone's got different situations I was lucky in that when I left my job um I did get a, a, a sort of full-time position helping an electrician um, and I could afford to do that but I don't know everybody's obviously got their own set of circumstances that they've got to sort of accommodate for mm-hmm. the only thing that I can recommend really is going through to a JTL training provider or something like that really um it's so long ago since I've kind of taken or done anything myself college-wise um I think if you're an older person, so if you're an older female, I think even if you're an older male, really, it's easier to do the work than it is when you're 16, 17, because 16, 17, they change their mind so often. Um, I think the older the person is, the better chance they've got at succeeding at it because they've got the better, more determination from it. Thank you for listening to the ECA podcast. To continue the conversation or ask questions which may feature in the future podcast episodes, send your comments and ideas to podcast at eca.co.uk. Until the next episode, visit www.eca.co.uk where you can learn more about ECA and the services our team provides. That's www.eca.co.uk.